0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read
1: better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about middle grade books and interviewing author and musician Colin Molloy. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I just finished reading a book called Sourdough. Oh, by Robin Sloan? Yeah, correct. I like to see if you're going to know it, because I actually never know the name of the author. This is the weird (laughs) thing about being an e-reader, is that... The author's name isn't, like, right in front of you. You you see it once, and then you read the inside of the book. Yeah. What's funny is I haven't even read this book. I just know about it It, because I'm a maniac. Man, it is a really great read. Actually, I just finished it last night, if I'm being honest. But I wanted to talk about it. It's a very light book for those looking for something that's, like, not super heavy. So I've just read a lot of dark horror books. And if you want something light, and if you're a foodie, it's perfect. It's basically about a woman who gets gifted, someone gives her a sourdough starter and it just sort of changes her life and about all the things that make her like, oh, I'm more like into cooking instead of working at my startup job and then how that unfolds. And it's just kind of this like really lovely story. And it gets, you know, it has twists and turns. But I just, if you want a book that's not super heavy, but and also involves food, which I enjoy... I re- definitely recommend it. It's a good post-October read. Yeah, it's a very good post-October read. What are you reading? <gasps> so yesterday
0: I got... <laughs> I did know the answer to this. <laughs> uh, you guys must know if you listen to the show or follow me on, in- on Instagram or Twitter that I'm Twin Peaks obsessed. And on Halloween, the new Twin Peaks book, The Final Dossier, came out by Mark Frost. And I read it all in one day yesterday. And it was completely
1: amazing.
0: How if- long is it? I don't know, like 150 pages. It's not very long. Okay, okay. It wasn't so like, it's something
1: you could read in one day. It's oh, not like yeah. You read
0: like a thousand page book in no, a day. No, I have done that. But It pictures?
1: Yes, it does.
0: Oh. But it's basically if you were a fan of. The, you, don't read this book unless you're a Twin Peaks freak. Don't read this book unless you watched the all the new season. But if you have watched all the new season, it gives you all, all the answers that you wanted to know. I basically w- read the whole book with my mouth hanging open and gasping and my boyfriend going, Is everything okay? Is, there, is anything wrong? What happen? Oh no! Uh, <laughs> but I I freaked out about it. I was really excited, and I probably am going to read it again. But I'm going to let you guys borrow it because you got to read it. It's I don't know. I'm going to read that. You probably I could tell you what happens. Yeah, just you're, tell me. Just Tell Rhea. me all the things. Cause you're Bria. <laughs> We want to take a moment to share some listener feedback from our book to movie adaptation episode. We got a lot of people writing in. Uh, Vanessa wrote in, I always read a book before seeing the film or TV version of the story. This 100% stems from my mom agreeing to take me to see Interview with a Vampire only if I read the book first. It took me a while (laughs) to read the book, but I was able to finish the book before the movie left theaters. We did have to travel a few towns south to see it. I'm currently reading American Gods by Neil Gaiman before I watch the series. I recently read the first book in the Shannara series. Shannara? Shanara. I don't know. Sh- Shan Shanara. Might. My- seems like there's so many letters in that. It should be longer. <laughs> I think it's Shanara. <laughs> series by Terry Brooks. After watching the first season, I'm also reading through The Magicians by Les Les Grossman. I didn't know that was a. I didn't know that was a book. Oh yeah. And I started watching it after the first season. I found one of my favorite series, The Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. After watching the series, mm. I get equally excited when a book I like gets a film TV adaptation. And finding a good book after seeing it on screen.
1: So Zee wrote in and said, My basic approach to book adaptations is abandon hope, all ye who enter here. My general observation is, if something was successful as a book, and then somebody makes a movie of it, then really, why would I prefer the untried, untested adaptation over the original, popular enough to get a a movie book? (laughs) This is a good Harsh. question. If the best I can hope for is that the movie recaptures the book's magic, shouldn't I just um read the book and skip the film? I like that the word um is typed included. out. Excellent adaptations are sometimes made, absolutely, but they tend to stand on their own merits. I'm not going to get remotely interested in them until they start getting responses and reviews that pique my interest. And then it's the new creation, not the original I'm interested in. If the movie's fantastic in its own right, then I can maybe read the book later, no harm done. The only way to survive a book adaptation letdowns is to consider them two entirely different things and that means I don't care how good the book was the movie or the TV show need to be independently non crappy for me to spend my time on that Steve
0: is hard to please I really
1: actually I'm for this because no, yeah I'm I'm not against it I'm just like they're two damn, different kinds lay of it media down. and like yeah you you don't expect the, the adaptation to be good just because you liked the original
0: yeah I mean they do to- I, I totally agree in the way that it's like as we said on the episode they you have to consider them two separate things but I just love the this person is just, like, holds the book to such a <laughs> high, like, puts it on a pedestal and be like, no, nah, bitch, you got to impress me. <laughs> yeah, it's very true.
1: <laughs> so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page.
0: And in Reading Glasses News, starting this month, while you're listening to this episode in November, we are doing a monthly column for Apex Magazine called Page Advice, where we solve a reader
1: problem every month. So you can now re- we really wanted to use the word page advice, and we didn't get to use it in the show. So this is a great move for us. When we started this podcast, I came up with that pun, and I've been waiting
0: like a year and a half to use it. So we're very, I'm very excited. We're also very excited about the column. We get people. ready Writing in all the time with our reader problems, so we thought it would be a great way to to answer more questions. Uh, You guys want to check it out? You can. Check it out and subscribe. It's only 22 bucks for the
1: whole year. You can go to apex-magazine.com. Also, don't forget that we're doing this thing with Greta. Go to greta.com, reading underscore glasses, and you can see a transcript of the show, and you can share your favorite clips on social media. Let us know whether or not you're liking this. This is a test run for this, and if you like it, send us an email and let us know that you're into it or share something on Twitter because we want to hear from you about this. Yeah, we wanted to make sure that reading
0: glasses is as accessible as possible so people who are hard of hearing or deaf um, but want to join in the Reading Glasses community can participate. So before we talk about middle grade books, we're going to take a quick break. In celeb news this week, the hosts of Lady to Lady took a break from hanging with today's hottest comedians, actors, and writers to sell a sex
2: machine. What'd they do with all that cash? Rent a party bus to go to Magic Mike Live in Vegas, of course. All of this on the heels of a salacious sizzler session with Home Alone four star French Stewart. Want to know what the f we're talking about?
0: Tune into Lady to Lady whenever, wherever you listen to podcasts. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Okay. This week, we're talking middle grade books. You're a grown-ass person. Why should you read middle grade (laughs) books? If you want to get into middle grade, where do you start? You can't hang around a schoolyard and
1: ask kids. You're going to get arrested. So don't forget the difference between middle grade and YA, right? So YA is for people 13 to 18, and middle grade is 8 to 12. And that is a really big difference between that age group. What were you doing when you were 13? Uh, Wearing my Lord of the the Rings elf ears to school every day. And what were you doing when you were
0: 8? Ah, uh, <laughs> see, maybe actually doing the same thing. You don't remember curious. it was too long ago. It was ago. too too long ago, but yeah. <laughs> so there's a huge difference, and also just just in case people don't know, YA stands for young adult, right? So again, I think our
1: listeners know I feel like
0: they're. I want to make sure, but you know what? You just never know. Okay. You know, for the longest time, I didn't know that overalls were called
1: overalls because they go over all of your clothes. I don't think that's why they're called that. I'm gonna disagree. <laughs> I think they're just called overalls. I think just, they could be go over, over all your body or all your shoulders. <laughs> I all don't know shoulders. about shoulders. <laughs> all your two shoulders. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, no, no, it's good. I'm, I'm spunky today. <laughs> okay, so why should you read middle grade books as an adult? Mallory? So rem- Yeah, remember
0: middle grade books deal with totally different life issues than YA books. So a lot of people who, like me, who have issue, some issues with, with YA books and the themes in YA books, middle grade books are a totally different set of things. And first off, there's no shame in reading middle grade books as an, as adults. Reading is reading is reading guys. You aren't stupid, you're not immature for reading middle grade books. And remember, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is middle grade if anyone gives you shit, Harry fucking Potter. But didn't but
1: did they become YA books as they as they, as they aged up? That's yeah. what I was trying to figure out when we were talking when I yeah. was researching this episode.
0: Because puberty happens. Right.
1: Right. But middle grade books are a great way to get out of a book slump, too. And as a palate cleanser, if you've just read a bunch of really crazy books for Halloween. Yes. <laughs> like we did. Yep. So middle grade books, tend they don't have any graphic violence or sexuality. And it's awesome if you want to avoid those things because sometimes you want something light. You exactly. don't want to read like something super heavy. If you have a hard time sleeping, they can be an excellent before bed book because then you're not super scared and it's light and easy and you can fall asleep and you're not worried about demons or who's having sex with who.
0: Yeah. Well, and also, you know, if you have trigger warnings, if there's things that you're worried about with books or something that might come up in a YA book, you can grab a middle grade book and know that you're totally good because those things just aren't going to be coming up. That's true. And also middle grade books can be super important and they can deal with important issues just like YA books can. And sometimes it's better to read about important issues in this particular format if something's triggering to you, but you want to read about characters going through it, like transitioning, divorce, family issues, moving. Reading a middle grade book about it might be easier on your mind. One of the most important books in the past couple of years is a book called George written by Alex Nino, and it's a middle grade book about a transgender girl. So if that's like – if that's something that you're Never going read it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. If there's – if it's something that you're going through or a family member or a loved one is going through and you want to read it but you want to, you know, get – ease into it and you're not ready for like you know a 500 page book that's gonna make you cry yeah you know reading a middle grade book is a really really good way to get to get into these issues
1: also familiarizing yourself with middle grade books can help you find a good gift for the child in your life or help you start a conversation with your grandkids they are reading middle grade books and you can talk to them about whatever they're reading which is always a good way to relate to people bria what middle grade books do you love so I have to confess something. So a couple of weeks ago, I was reading Colin Malloy's book, who we interview on this episode. And I think it was my first adventure into middle grade reading. You read Harry Potter. I read Harry Potter. I have read some of the bigger ones. And I went and looked. I mean, I read a lot of those when I was younger, though. And I read Harry Potter when it came out. And I was, well, I was probably 16 when it came out. I was pretty young. I went through and looked at what all books qualify as middle grade books. I have read... The Graveyard Book, Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Book. I'm um, in the last couple years. It's a great read, really fun book. I think my issue is that the things that interest kids in these, these, at this age is not necessarily the things that are that intriguing to me like there are things in it like i don't worry about being late for school you know like things like that but i do worry about like voldemort so that (laughs) who doesn't harry potter is of interest to me so it's interesting i don't think to pick up a middle grade book very often um but the fantasy ones are definitely ones that i'm going to probably go for more
0: yeah, I that's think. actually, that's really where I, I love middle grade, but I, and I mostly read middle grade fantasy. Uh, as you guys know, I'm very commitment shy when it comes to fantasy books. So I like middle grade because they're, they're, it's perfect for that. Even if they are part of a series, they're so short and easy to read that I don't have to worry about, you know, being shackled to a 32 book, five zillion oh, page yeah, sure, series. Oh sure, yeah, sure. Some that I love, I love The Witch's Boy by Kelly Barnhill, and she has a new one out that I haven't read. And there's also awesome middle grade comics. Uh, one of my favorite ones of the past few years is uh, Baba Yaga's Assistant by... America McCoola. I don't personally read a lot of YA because a lot of the, like the new love, new sexuality, hormones, puberty, love triangle stuff really stresses me oh, out. I love that stuff. See, that I'm stuff real gives me it. anxiety. Like, I liked Hunger Games, but like all the love triangles, I can't. I, love I have it. enough. I I have enough h- hard time dating in real life. Like, I don't. I can't deal with all. Give those me loves. a love triangle in a dystopian universe, and I'll be very happy. Oh, I'm the total opposite. It <laughs> makes me very stressed out. And I like middle grade books because they're a little bit before all that madness hits your brain. So they mostly focus on like adventures and friendships and not like, you know, oh my God, I've got
1: boobs now. Oh no, Heart palpitations because of of crushes. I've got boobs now, the middle grade book. (laughs) (laughs) No, that'd be Wyatt. Wyatt book. That'd be Wyatt. What would the middle grade book be of that? It would be like... There's a pencil stuck in my nose. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest middle grade book ever written. (laughs) By Mallory O'Mara. My favorites
0: are are by Neil Gaiman. I mean, he's one of my favorite authors. So I also love the Graveyard Book because it's kind of horror-y, but it's not scary. And also Coraline, which was made into a great movie. Uh, It's another great middle grade book. So where where do you look for middle grade books, Mallory? my one of my favorite places as we've talked about on the show before i feel like i've said that so many times this episode like as you guys know do you guys feel like
1: you know mallory now yeah, how so. well do you know mallory <laughs> let's take a quiz Well, who's her favorite author who's her favorite filmmaker and what color are all for all of her clothes if you can answer these three questions then you know oh my God. you know mallory. if you guys can answer these if someone
0: can email or tweet at us with all the answers to all those questions i will send you a book um, <laughs>
1: You um,
0: you better be careful about that. You may be sending a lot of of books. Those are easy questions. (laughs) a lot of books. Uh, I I, I always tend to go for award winners. Uh, The Newbery Awards are always a really good pick for middle grade books. Uh, The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman is a Newbery Award winner. Also, ask your local librarian. Uh, They'll be able to tell you what middle grade books are great to read as an adult. Mm. And also, if your local
1: bookstore has a middle grade section, ask the booksellers there. You know, they're adults. But they probably picked it up. And they at least know what what people are picking up. Exactly. You can also get kind of nostalgic. About some of your favorite middle grade books and pick those ones up again. So, the line, The Witch in the Wardrobe, A Wrinkle in Time, Holes. Holes. I used to love holes. Yeah, Holes came out. I was also a little old for that one, but I was, because I was already working at a library at that point. So, I would have been like 15. I think I started working in the library when I was 15 or 16. That's still super good. Yeah. So, but I remember really liking it. Remember, because he eats those onions? Is that Holes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if there's a middle grade book that you adored as a kid, you could reread it and see what parts of your mind sort of resonate resonate with that story still. Yeah. You know, like if uh, I remember those onions from Holes. Am I saying the right book? Yeah. Oh, that's total. That's onions. Yeah. yeah. Eats to eat eats onion- eats onions and that scares whatever. I remember that was like the key to everything. It's like those onions really resonate. with me. that's why I eat one raw onion every <laughs> day. I wake up in the morning and have one raw onion. And if, <laughs> if you ate one raw onion a ba- day, you would actually be kind of healthy. Yeah, but you would also, no one would love you. <laughs> I had a I had a roommate that ate a bunch of raw garlic every morning. Ooh. Tim. Tim. <laughs> stunk up our house, but I he's a pretty healthy guy. Yeah, but does he live in a cave now? He like... lives in a cave now. <laughs> <laughs> no, now he works for the Audubon Society, which is kind of where you feel like you go. Yeah, I feel you're... like the birds wouldn't mind. Yeah, they don't care. They're like, you it's fine, we like garlic.
0: Also, I, I suggest getting on social media. Uh, if you find a publisher of middle grade you love, um, HarperCollins Children is a great one, follow them. You'll get up to date on all the new releases. Harper HarperCollins Children is great on Twitter, and you'll see like the new buzzy, cool middle grade
1: books, which is always a great way to check out you know what you should read. So you can send your favorite middle grade books to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And before we interview author Colin Malloy, we're gonna take a quick break.
2: Who do you think's hotter, Captain America or Juggernaut?
0: If my boyfriend won't watch Handmaid's Tale with me, should I break up with him?
2: Is this meme already dead?
0: What exactly are furries? I need a new four-quadrant song. Any suggestions? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable show with me, Guy Branum,
2: Winter Mitchell, Margaret Wappler, and Karen Tongson.
0: Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcasts. I'm not going to (laughs) judge. Up next, we have an interview with Colin Malloy, author of the Middle Grade Wildwood series and part of the band The Decemberist.
1: Okay, first question first, we'd like to ask everybody, what are you reading right now?
2: Um, I am reading uh, Vasily Grossman's Life and Fate. I don't know this. He was a Russian writer, a Soviet writer, uh, and I think this was written in the 50s, but was unpublished until the 80s maybe, because of the Soviet regime. Okay. <laughs> Basically he couldn't he couldn't publish it.
1: Sure. That sounds dark.
2: It's it's a it's it's about World War 2. It's like like heavy World War 2 fiction and it's like that big. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know why. It's a doorstop, but I get kind of drawn to doorstops a little bit.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. We're going to talk about your reading habits in a minute, but okay. first I want to talk about your book that comes out or has come out on October 24th, because mm-hmm. it's releasing later. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it a little bit?
2: Sure. Uh, yeah, it's called The Whiz Mob and the Grenadine Kid. And it's uh, for middle grade readers. Um, and it is about a, it's set in Marseille, France in 1961. And it's about a boy who is the son of the consul general, the American consul general uh and he, 12 year old kid so really bored falls in with a band of pickpockets known as a whiz mob so a group of pickpockets is is called a whiz mob
1: that's the actual name or you named it that no
2: that's what it's called oh, so cool. so what what the jumping off point for this book was finding out that there's this whole language around pickpocket groups i'm not sure so much anymore but in like the mid-century, early century, there was a language that they all spoke. And there was a sort of an organization to it all. And there was, the, the WizMob mob was the name of the group, but then there was all these names for the, the different roles that you would play. And it was all very orchestrated. It wasn't just, you know, you go grab somebody's wallet out of their pocket. It was like, it was a skill. It was a trade almost. Um, and supposedly there's a thing called the School of Seven Bells in Colombia, where it's a school that teaches and kids to pickpocket and send them out into the world as whiz mobs. So that was my creation. Right. But the, the, supposedly the School of Seven Bells actually exists. Uh, and so he falls in with this group of this whiz mob who is from all over the world, so the globalist thing, and um, and he gets drawn in and, you know, misadventure
1: that ensues. That Yeah. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's pretty fun.
1: What drew you to writing middle grade stuff?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, I think with Wildwood, I mean, a, a lot of that had to do with finding something that uh, Carson, my wife, and I could collaborate on, and something we've been wanting to do for a long time, and also being fans of like folktale and fairy tale traditions. Rather than, just, I don't know, it, it it felt right to to write for that group at that time, um, and I feel like you can get away with a lot more, um, you know, as opposed to writing for adults. Uh, you, there there's sort of a whimsy or or kind of a, a carefree you knowness to to writing for kids i don't find that i really have to 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 police myself too much as far as language and and stuff that happens uh but um it it, it just feels like you can you can do a lot more as opposed to ya which is you know i think you really do have to kind of keep in mind uh, you know what the readership expects. I don't know. I feel like twelve-year-old kids are just much more open to what they're reading.
1: That makes sense. They're less judgmental than like yeah. a than an angry, yeah. angry teenager. An angry teenager <laughs> or, or even
2: an, an adult. You an know? Angrier adult. <laughs> yeah. So I so in some ways it it's just more it's freer. Anytime I think about writing for like older an older reader, which I'd like to do, but there's just a whole de- different set of expectations involved.
1: Okay, so what did you read when you were a kid? What did you read when you were in middle grade time?
2: Well, I like read Stephen King books when, <laughs> I, when I was in middle grade because I was,
1: you were a badass kid, I a, basically. I was like a,
2: a bad kid <laughs> and was with very with very permissive parents. Um, no, I mean, but pr- I I've been reading, you know, Lloyd Alexander, uh, uh, Tolkien, you know, C.S. Lewis. Um, a, a lot of that sort of classic fantasy stuff, uh, and then and then kind of went straight into horror. Um, <laughs> but but a lot those were the books that I kind of cut my teeth on.
1: That makes sense. It feels like your stuff is influenced by mm. by that quite a bit. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so talk about your reading habits now. Do you have anything quirky that you do? What What are you drawn to? What What are your weird reading habits that you might be embarrassed to talk about, but you want to talk, about on, this, to talk, talk about on this on this podcast?
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what I mean, I'm I read about anything. I mean, I, I'm only now getting to the point where. I'll I'll stop reading a book. Like I had a thing for a long time that even if I hated it, I had to finish it. But now, <gasps> really, yeah, yeah. But now I feel like life is too short, and so if I'm at a page one hundred and it's just not working out, I'll I'll abandon.
1: I'm a page one hundred too. That's yeah. what I give it to. Page yeah, yeah. one hundred.
2: Um, so th- and I feel like that's I've, for a long time. My my wife, you know, who is sort of a reads slower than I do. She's like, I you know. Why do you even go to the, you know, you can't, it's just so much a big chunk of your life, which is true, you know, when yeah. there are so many other books. I think that's the other thing is that you get older, you realize you have so many more books that you need to read, you know. Right. Especially
1: because you're reading doorstop
2: books. Right. Yeah, that's true.
1: And that's what you're mostly drawn to is just like thousand, two thousand pages. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I
2: love getting immersed in like a really big book, um, you know, Infinite Jest or Life and Fate or... War and Peace, or you know, the kindly ones. Did you read that one? No, I've never no, no, no. Writer, but um, you know, most of these books probably could use, could have used an editor. You know, <laughs> they, they, they can always be small. But I love. Just like getting weighed down in something, and you know, being halfway through, and you still got six hundred more pages to go. But on top of that, it's like you you get so immersed in the characters and the lives, the author, You know, you can just spend so much time, more time with the voice, the author's voice. And and yeah, I I I something I, lo- I don't like not like every book has to be, but you know, once every three books, I'll I'll go for the you big really one. dig in, yeah,
1: wow. Okay, a question we like to ask everyone is, what is the book they like to give to people the most? Mm. Or do you gift books? Do you give books?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I once gave, I, I had a thing where I was gifting books that I really loved at Christmas, and, and I gave On Chesel Beach to my mother-in-law, even though, like, like the sexual content of <laughs> it. I didn't think about it until after I had already given it to her. like, oh, my God, wait, that book is, like, about incest and, and like, heavy, really heavy. And did so, you
1: never speak of it again? I, and we never spoke of it again. It was a weird. So I'm
2: bad at that. But there is a great book called The Reason I Jump. Um, do you know that book? Yeah,
1: mm, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I can't think of the writer's name. I can't think of it either. Name, but he's Japanese. Yes. It's... But David Mitchell kind of helped put it out, um, had discovered it in Japanese and, and got involved in doing the translation and that's that's like the first hand account of an autistic kid, uh, a nonverbal autistic kid, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's super powerful. My son is autistic, and my older son, and reading it was like opening a window. Like all of a sudden, even though a lot of what he talks about isn't you know isn't totally analog to what what my son goes through it was just like whoa this is this is amazing everybody needs to read this it's it's a testimonial it's it's a plea you know it's uh it made me see not only my son but like the entire autistic community completely different after reading it so i think if more people could read that book we would have a more empathic and understanding civilization towards autistic kids
1: oh that's great and people would just be able to to look into their world a bit more, so like understand because they see the world so differently yeah. than we do.
2: And it's short, <laughs> and, and you can and you can do it like it's like little little bits. You know, it's like why do I do this? Why do, I do it? It's almost like an instruction manual to like why you know what my world is like as an autistic kid, which I think everybody could serve to know
1: i totally agree well thank you so much for coming on yeah i really appreciate it can people buy your book everywhere everywhere it's on all the places
2: it's on all the places you know if you can find an independent bookstore that's better
1: yeah we're in portland right now people should get it at i mean pals but you guys have so many independent
2: bookstores there's getting to be more what there was used to be a lot more and then they all after the barnes and noble thing it they died, but now it feels like there's more coming back.
1: Yeah. I've seen a few. I've seen quite a few comics ones, but definitely. A lot but of comics seen, ones, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Powell's that's a great place for sure. sure. We'll definitely we'll link to it in the show notes. Cool. Cool. Thanks you thank you. Yeah, thank you. Now we're gonna answer a bookish question from
0: one of our listeners. Darlene Wilson writes, What books did you read in the past and not like, then reread years later and liked? Mallory, what's your answer to this? I am a big advocate actually of giving books second chances. There are a bunch of books that I didn't like when I first read them. Uh Salem's Lot by Stephen King didn't grab me when I tried reading it when I was twelve. But then I tried reading it again when I was twenty one and I loved it. Oh. Um, I'm I'm firmly in the camp that sometimes it's just not the right time to read a book. Maybe you're distracted or like you're too young to understand important stuff. Was like, that it, what happened when you were twelve? Oh, I was yeah, I was
1: too young. You just didn't understand it?
0: Well, I was just like I don't all these adult problems I didn't care about. Oh yeah, uh-huh. it was like because it's you know someone moves to a new New England town and I should I'm have like, got a
1: middle grade book. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Mm. But you know, so <laughs> moving <laughs> to a New England town is such an adult issue. I mean, a what, 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 Stephen <laughs> King
1: adult issue? That is oh, that is a, <laughs> a, Steve, a,
0: a problem that only happens in Stephen King books. I've read books where like like i was in i was really heartbroken and just got out of a breakup and like the book was a romance and i was like i hate everything oh, yeah. i don't want to read book. i don't want to read this Fuck right that. now so if a book isn't grabbing me in the first chapter or two but i don't think it's bad because i there's definitely books where i read like a chapter and i'm like this is garbage i don't want to read this but sometimes i read a book that i know that the writing is good but it's just not grabbing me i'll put it down and save it and try it again a few months later unless it's like i'll, I'll only get rid of a book if it's like wicked offensive or terrible oh okay what do you do bria
1: i'm not big rereader yeah this is not this is not something I do there's too many books I don't have much time during the day so I just if I start a book and I'm like man I don't give a book that many pages I do 100 pages that's still a lot or 10% which is <laughs> not very much <laughs> I've kind of gotten down I've gotten more I think 10% I'm more like harsh with my books I know but sometimes that's not very many pages but I guess it depends on how many pages right if it's somewhere. only 100 page book I'm gonna give it more than that yeah I don't know. But then someone will convince me sometimes and be like, oh, you really have to read this book. And I'm like, really? I didn't like that book. And I'll return to it later. So if someone, it has to be basically a person saying to me, Bria, you're gonna you're gonna like this book. And I'm like, have I read that book? And then I return to it later and I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna give it a chance. So I I'm very much a word of mouth person, and I'm I'm very much into like the buzz of the crowd. So if I start reading it and then I'm like, meh, but then everyone's like, no, it's so good. I will go back and give it another chance. I'll actually do that too. Like I when I started, I tried read
0: that book House of Leaves, which is very difficult to oh, read. Oh, I've never read
1: it because it seems too difficult.
0: I kept picking it up and it wasn't grabbing me. And then a bu- I read it with my book club when I was living back in New England. And not fucking love that book. Club. I know, and but I love it because a bunch of my friends. Friend, a bunch of book club friends we were like alright we're all gonna read it together so there was this like sense of camaraderie of getting through this book and I loved it but it took it, it took a couple of tries so I definitely think that people should reread if they if the, if you want to get into a book if there's a bunch of people you know that love a book and you're like I want to participate in this give yeah. it a go yeah I'm a
1: fucking lemming so if people are <laughs> like this is a good book and I really liked it and I'm like well I tried it but I kind of trust your opinion more than my own right now I will give it another shot yeah if you want us to answer
0: your bookish questions or solve your reader problems, send it to Reading Glasses podcast at gmail.com. So if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It re- it's really great for us. It helps us reach more readers. It makes me really, really
1: happy. Yeah, we have like 150 reviews on iTunes, which is really exciting. It's great. You can email us at ReadingGlassesPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at ReadingGPodcast on an- and on Instagram at ReadingGlassesPodcast. You can always follow along with our bookish adventures using the general hashtag ReadingGlasses. So thanks for listening. And, and thanks, thanks for reading. reading.